is Hard Parking, sponsored by Right Honda and Right Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm your host, Jay Finney, reporting from my home studio in Gilbert, Arizona. Man, I watched Cocaine Bear the other night. I didn't want to watch it. It just doesn't look like a movie that I think would be funny. And I don't take myself too serious. I really don't because I watch Adam Sandler movies. I watch a lot of movies. But there's a certain type of humor that just doesn't really click for me. And so I went into watching this movie thinking that. And the last time I saw a movie that I absolutely didn't had no desire to see that I actually ended up really enjoying was Napoleon Dynamite. I started watching that movie. My arms are crossed because I saw the previews and I said, this looks like the dumbest movie ever made. And I personally thought that movie was very funny. Now, I wasn't crying laughing, but I was definitely proven wrong in that movie. It just hit the right notes, the right level of comedy. Cocaine Bear is terrible. And I've heard reviews on both ends. I've heard people say it was really funny. And I've heard people say it's terrible. And I didn't look it up on Rotten Tomatoes. But I just, just the whole premise of it. You know, obviously, spoiler alert, the bear lives throughout the whole movie. I guess in real life, the bear only lived for like five minutes or maybe an hour or something. But it's a terrible movie. Let me know if you guys like Cocaine Bear. Coming up on today's show, a small recap to NS Expo. If you guys follow me close enough or you listen to every episode, you know that I went to Atlanta for NS Expo 2023. More on that later. I'll be joined by Fred Plan. He joined us last year. And we had a good conversation, talked about it for about 20 minutes and trying to get kind of his perspective on his experience as he's gone to just as many, if not more, NS Expos than I have. And they're all uniquely different. And you'll hear him reference me from a certain position. It's because I am the president-elect of the NSX Club of America, and I officially begin that in January, although I've already started kind of doing some work on that. So I did not take my car to Atlanta, which means what? I rented a car, exactly. I rented a Hyundai Santa Fe, and I'm going to talk about that. That's going to have its own little section. Some pretty good feedback on that car. I might like it more than our Acura MDX, and I'll tell you why. Also, there's no DraftKings in Georgia either. I looked it up before I left because it says I can access the app, which I can. But when I went to place my bets, wasn't allowed because I was in Georgia. So like I said before, I guess I can't travel during football season. It's funny because I'm not really a gambler. Sports betting is new to me. But I play with enough money to where I find myself trying to open up the app and seeing what kind of bets I want to place. And the fact that I couldn't place any was kind of disturbing to me. All that and more coming up after this word from Four Wheel Online. Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about Four Wheel Online. For over a decade, Four Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Your truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so we'll get outfitted today. So visit them online at Four Wheel Online or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's Four Wheel Online, the number four wheel online. So as I've done before in the past with my past trips, I, I will treat this one no different when I will step through the actual travel. This time, my wife went with me. I had banned her after 2018 because she made some remarks about how 
it wasn't a very exciting event, but she didn't really go to a lot of the events. And so the best parts of San Francisco 2018, she stayed in the hotel. She either worked or just didn't want to go out. And then the premiere part, which is the banquet, wasn't very good at all. And it takes a lot of work to pull off something like this. And it takes a great team. You know, a lot of people called us the dream team last year for 2022 Arizona. And so this was the first year I've had to kind of look at it through the lens of being on the of being on the NSXCA board. Now, last year I kind of stepped in mid-year as the fill-in vice president. And I'm still technically the fill-in vice president, but I already have a backfield vice president for when I step into the presidential role. But, you know, it's looking at it through that lens is a little different. And it's a challenge. Last year, I didn't feel any of it because I was part of the committee. But it's a challenge. It's hard. So anyways, that's why I didn't allow her to come anymore. And then, of course, some of the wives and other guys that she knew last year were like, where's your wife? Where's Yvette? Yvette, you going next year? And so that's how she ended up going this year. But she had a great time. You know, my friend Dre, his wife, Leo, Jay, Valeria, you know, other couples from Arizona went. And so she had people to hang out with. Plus, she knows some of my friends. So some of them she didn't really didn't know that well, so wasn't quite sure if she liked him or not. I think she decided that she really liked him a lot this time, you know, and she got the opportunity to meet even more people. Because this isn't some car show in another city. It's all about family. It's all about unity. And that's the hardest thing to tell someone who doesn't go to these type of events. So some of you listening, you guys aren't really car people, but there are car people who don't get it. They don't understand. So what do you guys do? Sit around and talk about your cars all day? Uh, no, absolutely not. Again, like I said in the opening, I didn't even have my car. My rental car stayed out in the parking lot of the hotel most of the time. I think we took it to the main banquet on Saturday. And I took it up to the track on Thursday before the main part of NS Expo started while Yvette stayed in the hotel and worked. So on the plane, I tried Wild Turkey 101. I think I've had Wild Turkey before. You know, the problem with Southwest is they have shit liquor. They don't have good liquor. They don't have good movies. If you want to watch something, you have to watch it on your phone. They don't have TV screens. They don't have power outlets. I know this sounds like very first world problems. But the other major airlines have all of that. American, Delta, United. Not Southwest. At least not Southwest on this part of the country. In the Southwest. Although it's based out of Dallas, Love Field. But their liquor selection isn't very good. So I ordered the wild turkey, and I didn't like it. No, sir, I don't like it. If you guys know what that's from, email me. I'll give you a shirt. But we get to Atlanta. This was Wednesday night. And this is the first time I had set foot in Georgia since I was five years old. I was born in Savannah. We moved to Douglasville, which is right outside of Atlanta, before my family moved to Texas, which is where I went from kindergarten all the way through you know, 1999 when I moved to Michigan. So it was weird. It was weird to be back home. I've connected through the Atlanta airport, but it's not the same thing. Man, it sure is green in Georgia. It's pretty. It's real pretty. I feel like I, I wanted to go there. I wanted to be there longer, get there earlier, kind of roam around, kind of see the sights. And it's one of the deals where my wife and some of the friends were planning to go out and they wanted to do something in Atlanta, and I told them that this is what NS Expo is. It's all about the people, the community, 
And I don't want to go to some other city with friends of mine that I have in the city that I normally live and then go out on the night. I want, if I'm going out, I want to go out in a big group of people, people that I see once a year, people that maybe I've never met before that know me from online. And we're together. We're going to have that bonding moment. If we could take a shuttle from the hotel, go downtown, go to the bar, do something as a group, take a bunch of photos because that's where memories are made. And so I was very strict on that. And we didn't do that because where we stayed out in Atlanta was the Atlanta Waverly Renaissance Hotel in, in um, Convention Center. It's the official hotel for the Atlanta Braves baseball team. It's right across from where the Atlanta Braves play. And so it's about an eighth of a mile walk from the front door of the hotel to the bridge over to this place in Atlanta called the Battery. The Battery is a few streets. I think it's called Battery Road, to be honest with you, or Battery Lane. But it's a couple streets and a few blocks full of restaurants and bars. Anything from Wahlburgers, which is Mark Wahlberg's place, Mark Donnie Wahlberg, and they have a brother, a third brother, or a fourth brother that's like a chef, to, you know, places that are bowling alleys slash bars, you know, bar food to, to like kind of legit nightclubs. If you guys are in a city where they have a live, I don't know. I think live is like a, I think it's a chain. So in Texas, they have live, something live, Dallas live or Texas live, but it's right. It's over in between where the Dallas Cowboys and the Texas Rangers play. And it's this building that's two or three stories tall and it's built like, I don't remember. It's not very long. It's tall and it's got a bunch of restaurants, sports bars, shit like that in there. So it's, the battery is like that, but it's not one building. It's like a couple blocks. And then they have police and they have the streets are blocked off 100% of the time. So there's no cars, which means you can walk around with drinks. We didn't know that. So I killed the drink. We killed our drinks, but we left every place, which probably wasn't the best idea. But you still were able to run into other people from the event and hang out. We went to the baseball game. So part of the event is, you know, we got NS Expo jerseys and we had a section kind of where they hit the home runs. You got to keep your head on a swivel. But this is the first NS Expo that I went to that was like that. And that was super cool. I was concerned going into it that, you know, there's a lot of people who don't like baseball. I don't really care that much about baseball. But it's different when you're with a group. Because then you're talking, you're drinking, you're having fun, you're socializing. And it's less about the game than it is about the camaraderie and people. And you just happen to be sitting there. I was concerned that we didn't have a a place where we can all kind of stand and mingle, but you didn't really need it because we had a whole section to sit. One, one could argue that was the highlight of the weekend, a weekend full of a bunch of really cool things. NS Expo is one of the two events I look forward to every year, and I think I've said that before in the past. NS Expo and Monterey Car Week. And I don't always go to Monterey Car Week. I didn't go this year in 2023, but it's always something that I put on my calendar every year while my wife down the hall is putting on vacations where we're going to go as a family, where we're going to do this, where we're going to do that. I put that stuff down because car stuff for me, some people in the car community are my family and it's my escape. You know, it's like my thing that I look forward to every year. So some of you have their boys trip, their girls trip, your whatever trip. That is my boys trip or my whatever trip. Not necessarily just in this expo, but Monterey car week. So it's always a big deal for me. Next year is going to be in Dallas which is even more special. 
Because remember, I moved from Georgia to Dallas, to Garland, technically, but Dallas. So it's kind of coming home for me. And I plan on driving my car next year, probably going out the weekend before, hanging out for a few days with family and friends, more friends or friends that I consider family, because no one from my immediate family lives there anymore, and leaving my car, flying back here, and then maybe going back a weekend a week or two later and driving the car back here because the amount of time it takes to drive from here to the destination and then the destination back, if I'm not working, I don't get paid. I've said that before. That's why I don't like driving across country. Plus, it gets old really quick. Everybody wants to drive somewhere together, but no one wants to drive home together. The Saturday night at our banquet, we did the Delta Flight Museum, and that was, it's hard to explain I feel like maybe it was a hangar that we were in, but we, they, there was a full-size jet, commercial jet, in this place we were at. And I guess the story from that is Delta's employees all donated money to actual Delta. It sounds weird, right? Why would your employees donate money to the company they work for? But I guess around the world, that's the story I was told, that they donated money to Delta to buy a plane. And so Delta built this plane, and it's for display in the Delta Flight Museum. So we had all our cocktail tables, and we had our stage in there, and it was beautiful. Did the big shot with over 100 cars outside with the crane. And this was probably one of the better NS Expos that I've been to. You know, am I going to say it's better than ours? No, of course not. I can't say that because, you know, it's a mother never thinks their son is ugly, and we don't have ugly kids. But Arizona NS Expo is always going to be the best to me, followed closely by Milwaukee. But Atlanta sure was impressive. They did a great job because there was a lot of concerns. We raised $17,000 for Burt's Big Adventure. You know, starting last year as a VP, I said, moving forward, as long as I'm in a position to make a difference, shocker, right? Every year at NS Expo, we're going to pick a charity, whether it's local or it's in, or it's across the United States, but with a local chapter. And we're going to make sure that that charity is front and center. We're going to make sure the attendees of this event Donate to that charity and understand the difference they're making in people's lives. And this year it started off slow, but boy, by the time we did the auction, I was up there on stage doing the auction stuff. And man, we raised some pretty good money. And hopefully that's enough to make a difference for a lot of people. And it means a lot to me. Of the attendees, you know, there was a lot of the newer NSXs there. And that's the first time I've seen since 2017 when they came out. So many of the newer NSXs at NSX, but I'd say maybe one out of every six or seven was a 2017 to 2022 NSX, which is huge. It means that we're getting new members or old members are buying the new car. There's also several past guests at this NSX bow, starting with the man himself, John Vasos. You know, he keeps, he keeps defying, you know, the odds. And this is the, this is the third NS Expo that he's been to where he should have already passed based on his mesothelioma. But yeah, here he is again, and he looked great. I know he's struggling. You know, I saw him in Wisconsin earlier this year in July. I went up there because I thought that was going to be the last time I got to see him. And yet here he was, strong and vibrant in Atlanta, joking. He was worn. He couldn't walk as far to the battery. We had to stop quite a few times, and I don't mind stopping every. 30 seconds if I have to with him. It's worth it. It's worth it 
to not be in a rush, to just stop and hang out and catch our breath and keep going. Charles Brown, NSX Rack Repair. You guys remember Charles used to be on here a couple of years ago. I need to get him back on. Fred Plan, who's coming up in a few minutes. Brando, you guys remember Brando Barameda? He was the original co-host of this podcast. Brando and Jay. In fact, he wants to do another show. And I told him he's always welcome back on this podcast. I don't need a co-host anymore. And the show is so different than it was the first six or seven episodes. He's always welcome back as a guest. Always. And of course, Becca, the NSX Bay. You guys remember her story. She's the one who, she's full of life. Life of the party. Got attacked when she was in middle school by all those kids in the restroom. You know, there's a lot to unpack on that. But, you know, and I, and hopefully I'm not forgetting anyone else. But there were a lot of former guests in attendance. And it was great to see him. RJ Kui Automotive. I haven't seen him in a few years. As you know, you hear it every episode because he's one of our sponsors. Met RJ. Well, I didn't meet RJ, but got, to, got an opportunity to see RJ and his wife. Got to meet her for the first time. Our guest that night was Ed Bowling of VinWiki. A lot of you guys maybe know what VinWiki is. I know what VinWiki is. It's a very popular YouTube channel with stories of people's cars. I've never watched a single episode of VinWiki. A lot of people have asked me about it. Hey, did you see that on VinWiki? I was like, no. I don't really watch, and I think I've said this before, I don't really consume a lot of car content on YouTube. My stuff on YouTube is watching reaction videos of movies and songs and sports, watching product reviews like Project Farm, watching things that teach me how to do stuff because I don't know how to do it, whether it's working on computers or it's working on the car. I watch a lot of videos on the tools sometimes that I use to edit this podcast. Microphones, stuff for the office here. Those are the things I consume on YouTube. I don't really watch a lot of car stuff. There's a couple car pages that I'll see videos here and there, and I appreciate Gears and Gasoline, Throttle House. But I got to meet Ed Bully, and we all did, of Wiki. Super nice guy. I'm going to have to start uh, start watching just for support. Not that he needs my support. I think they have like a couple million subscribers, maybe, which means they're getting a ton of downloads and views of video. So whether I'm watching or not doesn't really matter. But that was super cool. And then that Sunday, they finished it with Caffeine and Octane, which is a huge car show they do there, like a Cars and Coffee. There's, I don't know, I would say hundreds, but I would get yelled at. I'm going to say probably a couple thousand cars around this shopping mall parking lot. And that was a really big deal to see, I don't know, 80 or something NSXs there. Because you're not going to really see that in any Cars and Coffee. Because everyone thinks they have the biggest Cars and Coffee or Cars event that's like a Cars and Coffee. Everywhere you go. Arizona, Highline Auto. You go to California, they swear they got the biggest one. Somebody else, Seattle probably swears they got the biggest one. But this one in Georgia was pretty damn impressive. And I didn't spend a lot of time there. But it was cool that that was kind of the, there was the, the last official event of NS Expo without requiring people to be there because it was on a Sunday and most people travel back, drive back, got to get up early. You know, some of our international guests, they stayed in town, I think, for another day or two, or they went on to other parts of the United States before flying back to Japan and Australia. Some of them are probably still here roaming around the United States. That was my wrap up of NS Expo 2023. Let's go check in with Fred Plan, see what he thought about it. Fred Plan, welcome back to Hard Parking. Last weekend, we just uh, we completed NS Expo 2023 in Atlanta, which was the last weekend of September. 
uh, good to be back here on the podcast, but also good to be back in California after a long cross-country drive back from Atlanta. So, You know, we've talked about NSXPO before, and I think it was last year leading up to the one here in Arizona. Yeah. And, you know, the regular people or non-car people or even some car people, it's just, it, I find it very difficult to explain, you know, the camaraderie and the sense of, a family and I think we had a lot of first timers and it sounded like they had a great time. Um, you know, what were some of your takeaways of the trip? Yeah. Well, basically almost anybody who went up on stage at us, they were talking about um, what it is that's special about the event and the, and the group. Uh, it always came down to people, right? There's, there's the self selection effect. There's a certain kind of person that comes into uh, the ownership experience of the NSX and bringing a lot of those same kinds of people, you know, those kind of people with a particular set of perspectives on life and priority priorities, uh, in their lives, bringing them all together in one room, I think it, it, it creates energy, you know, it, it creates this, this time spanning, um, overarching, you know, space ignoring sort of, of connection between people that, that is. I, I don't know. It, it's more than just, just the car club, you know, it's more than just the community that we always talk about. There, there's something, um, ephemeral or so there, there's, there's something like spiritual almost right. that, that brings us together, you know, like there's all these words that, that are just grasping at, but yeah, it's, it's, it's special. It, it, that, that's really what it comes down to. It's special. It's one of those things you only really feel when, when you're, you're among other people who are the same way. Yeah, because you drive there every year. It seems like it doesn't matter where it's at. Um, I try you know, to, yeah. You know, you said something about people talking on stage, and that reminds me, remember years ago when they would get up on stage in the banquet and they would actually ask people if it's their first time at NS Expo and then you want to come up on stage and say something? Am I imagining that? I swear, like, my first NS Expo oh. was like that. Maybe it was just you, Jay. Uh, <laughs> Someone was trying to get you to get up on stage. Uh, I, I don't. I don't remember that. Who was um, your first NS Expo? My first NS Expo was Raleigh, 2013. Oh man, maybe I'm yes. just. Have you gone to every single one since? I've missed two. I've missed Orlando. I did too. And I missed Palm Springs. Yeah, I don't. Okay, so Palm Springs is pretty awesome. I'm gonna have to fact yeah. check myself because maybe that's okay. like a, maybe an AA meeting or something that's different. But. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been. What yeah, did you but I think like? For sure, the, like, the group has always been very open to like having you know have, having new members, new attendees uh, get involved and, and speak up. So it, it wouldn't be out of the question. It's, you know, something I can't recall. Getting involved—that's key. You know, because there's then, the club always has some level of drama from not only within but external. I mean, you and I both know we're on pretty much any NSX group there is. And there's a lot of chatter. One of the sure. things that I loved this year is we saw some like borderline influencers attending for their first time. And they I loved it. You know, the Russells and the Brandos and the, the NSX but, Bay, you know, the, you know, those are the people who are going to get out there and tell everyone else that it's not just some old man's club because it isn't. It's actually like right. family and, and like a really cool ordeal. What did you love about, Atlanta or what is there anything you didn't like and I'm gonna sp I'm actually gonna send out an official official survey 
piloted to the people. But I'm just curious because you've been to, I mean, we've been to the same amount pretty much. And yeah. Yeah. Wait, when you say official survey, is this, in, is this in the new role that you're stepping into or is this, uh, you know, Jay's out there. I just want to make sure people are taken care of. It'll be, it'll be part of the new role for sure. Because, okay. you know, it all starts with our members. It wasn't just campaign <laughs> talk. Uh, okay, so for NSX, but what was different, or what really stood out to me about Atlanta? Um, for me, Atlanta is, I mean, dude, whenever there's an NSX, but I always try to go wherever it is, as you mentioned. Um, but there are certain ones that are, are more personal for me, mm-hmm. or ones that have like some kind of like tie back or something like some kind of special meaning. And Atlanta is one of those. Uh, I, I went to school in Atlanta about 10 or 11 years ago now. Mm. Um, and I remember this is well before NSX ownership. And I remember driving around and I had at the time a five speed Acura Legend sedan okay. driving around those mountains in North Georgia. And we're like, wow, wouldn't it be awesome if one day I could come back in an NSX or some other really cool car and, and experience this like ethical limit, like really pushing myself. Uh, and then, you know, going around and catching up with old friends, and, you know, going through, uh, old neighborhoods that I used to hang out in, but doing all that in an NSX, it was, it was incredible. It was very full circle for me. Yeah. Yeah. It made it feel like, Hey, I've I've accomplished this. Um, I'm living this dream that I had, you know, more than a decade ago, I was just imagining it or kind of wistfully thinking, wouldn't it be cool if, and, and, and now that if was happening. So, so it was very cool to, to hear that the Atlanta guys were going to put together a bid. They were, they were bringing this event to Atlanta, which is, I think it's an awesome city. Um, the, the surrounding area is great. The, the local community is great. And it's just a cool place to be. Atlanta is just a really cool city that I really enjoy. And so I was happy to experience it again from a different perspective, but then also to experience it within the NSX community and with a lot of friends that you know I, ca- I, I like to catch up with every year. What do you think it's going to take for us to take it to the next level? Because we do have some some deficiencies, uh-huh. and you know, every year we've talked about that. I think as a club, and I've only been part of the board really a year, but this last year, you know, I was filling in, and yeah. now I'm actually elected in. So there's only a, you know, there's only so many things that I would try to, you know, bring in or make happen. Whereas now I'm fully committed. Uh, but what are some of the things that you think that it's going to take to get those other people out there who kind of look at us like some sort of a old man's club? Oh man, there's multiple layers here, right? Uh, well, the, the first there's a lot part of stuff. Is, there, there's, there's, yeah, in theory, it, it, there's a few major things, right? Yeah, it's a complicated question, but so I, I would start with the, with the premise that we're an old man's club. I, I want to say when I first got it, you know, started attending NSX Expo in 2013. Sure, I, I would agree with the statement that we're an old man's club. Uh, I was definitely one of the younger members there. Uh, and and the demographic and the way the cars were reflected that demographic was pr- pretty, I don't know, is not the right word, but let's say classic, but, you know, very right. classic, uh, very OEM, very Concord, you know, you know that, that sort of scene. And there's been this gradual shift that's only accelerated over the past few years towards a completely different demographic, a completely different way of relating to and appreciating and living out their lives in this car, the NSX. And that that shift, I think, has gotten to the point. I, I mean, when I was at, in Atlanta at the banquet dinner, uh, 
this past weekend, I, I looked around. I was definitely not the youngest person anymore. And the, the old band club was, was a significantly smaller percentage than it was. And I think that reflects in also the, not just the cars and the people attending the banquet, but also in, in the leadership within the NSX Club of America. Uh, it, it reflects in the, even the regional representatives. It reflects in the kind of things that people are talking about. I, I don't think it's accurate anymore to call the NSX Club of America an old man. It, it just, it just moved on past that, whether the old man of the club like it or not. Yeah, I think you're 100% right, because my first one was Columbus, and it kind of felt like that, too, although I've met, you know, some of the people that I met there, I'm, I'm dear friends with, you know, to this day, but it just, it, it felt different, you know, and then the last few, I would say, even starting in Wisconsin, because I didn't get to D.C. either, I, I didn't go to 16 or 19, Okay, but, you know, I'm going to echo everything that you echoed, and then, you know, from a website thing, you know, I'm fully dedicated and committed yeah. to putting together that team, um, social media rebuilding, you know, yeah. what we were trying to build last year and it's no fault of this year's committee. There was just some miscommunication and, you know, just kind of making it the cool, even more so cool thing to be associated with, you know, growing memberships, but it's, it's feedback like yours, someone who's been there and seen everything and continues to go to it. You know, I mean, yeah. whether it's first timers or, or people like you that have been to all those, like all that, all that feedback counts and you can't make everyone happy all the time. Right. But right. But I think that's part do. of it too. Right. I think it's part of it too. It's understanding that, look, we're not going to be a club for everybody. We're just, not, yeah. you know, uh, and we just have to accept that. Um, and from that perspective, there's going to be like winners and losers in the club or winners and losers and like who are trying to target or demographically or whatever, mm-hmm. what comes down to what, what, should the club be like and what do the members of the club feel like is the correct direction you know of 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 this organization and who should we really talk to and all these kind of things and i think that that has a big impact on how we shape our image how we shape our outreach and the kind of club that we build and sustain you know within ourselves so um when you talked about like the first time members yeah i, th- I think it's been a while since since I've heard someone actually ask at NS Expo, who here is here for the first time. But when that question was asked in Atlanta, I, I was surprised how many were there for the first time, including people I've been talking to online, right. you know, on Instagram or on Facebook, for, you know, all these other ways. But I, I never realized they had never been to NS Expo before. And it was their first time. And it was definitely a very different demographic. If you just, so like, if you just, you know, filter on those people who raised their hand as first time NS Expoers, that was not a little bit. Not at all. Notice a lot more NC1 platforms this time. I think we were probably at like 18%. Almost one out of every six yes. seemed like it was a, a 17 to 22. It, it was, I think there's been a big shift. So we've been talking about old man clubs specifically, uh, with emphasis on old, but there were also many women, many more women, like genuine yes. owners in their own right at this event. And they're the ones winning the trophies, you know? And so it was, I, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, it's and especially among the NC one owners. I noticed that. Yeah. Cause that's a hard group as you've seen online to get the attention mm-hmm. of because the demographic, the target demographic purchaser from, you know, mother Acura was different yeah. than, you know, back in the day with the price point, 
And, you know, those are the guys, a lot of those guys and gals are coming from their peer group aren't people with Honda preludes and things that they've kind of gone up the ladder like so many of us have. But their peer group has the Porsche GT3 and they have a 458 or 488 or, you know, a a Huracan or something. Right. And, you know, they're not used to this this thing that we call this intersexpo family. And it sounds like the feedback from a lot of those people who come from, you know, deep money or the actual expensive clubs, because ours is $50 a year and people complain about that is this is amazing. This is the most amazing thing ever. You know, I can't believe it's so cheap. And man, it's just, you want to hear that and you want to capitalize on that because that's our future. You know, that's tomorrow in the absence of a, of a current model. Right. Right. And, and and I think that's that's just a realistic way of looking at it. Again, coming back to the idea of an NSX club where I can be an old man club. I mean, we're always going to have old men, sure. But right. th- there's, I mean, let's be honest, no club can sustain itself on old men alone. Right. It's just a die, literally not, a dying model. So. Not even the just for men club. With the whole hair coloring thing, not only am I a client or whatever, or- I don't know. I'm not in that demographic. You're asking the wrong person. Oh, come on, dude. You're, yeah. <laughs> Black don't crack and Asian don't crack or something. I don't know what the one Asian is. Asian don't raisin? Black Asian don't, don't raisin. Asian that's raisin. what it is. Yeah, well, I tell everybody I'm 65 years old. They don't believe me, so. I don't believe you. Because <laughs> I'm lying through my teeth. <laughs> Were there anything, was there anything that, like, like for me, I felt like this, this NS Expo had a lot of downtime. And it was concerning me uh, a little bit, but I looked around and people seem to enjoy that just as much as when we're going back to back with only a couple hours in between events. I, I, I will say I liked it. Um, I, I really enjoyed being able to do my own thing. And part of that is that, in, you know, again, I, I have personal ties to Atlanta. There's things I had wanted to do for myself. Um, and yeah, I could have come in a day earlier or say the day later or something like that, but it was nice to have time between NSX stuff to go and, you know, go hang out with people that I knew or in, invite them or, you know, just catch up with them in, in a different context instead of just NSX, NSX, NSX all weekend. So I, I liked it. Yeah. Um, then I, I also have a tendency at NSX ball to do what my friend Ben calls extra credit. You know, like <laughs> I'll know about something yeah. that a city offers, but it's impractical to go with like, 50 NSXs, you know, and then lowered sports cars bounding around in downtown or something like that. But it's practical to do like a group of three, three, four or five, you know, like some, like going to do a photo shooting from the US Capitol or driving down downtown Atlanta, like those kind of things you can't do as a group or, or you really shouldn't. But in a small group, you could, and it's completely viable and, it, and it's a cool thing to do. So those are the things that I enjoy within those downtimes that you say are available. Um, and it's, it's also just the choice, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm not going to be interested in every single thing that gets offered to every single day on the sex poll. And it, it shouldn't be seen as uh, like an obligatory thing, right? Like, oh, you came here to have a sex poll and you, you've got to attend every single seminar or conference event or something like that. that that's just not how I've, I've always uh, interpreted it, right? Like, and this expose is just a thing to enjoy. And that includes picking and choosing and doing all the other things that you enjoy. Yeah, and you're an expo veteran, so usually with with downtime, I always worry about the first timers hey, because well, they don't know as many people, you know. So it's not quite like that family reunion feel for them. But 
you know, if they're extroverts, they leech on to people. Right. And, you know, a lot of first timers, they already know people. Like you said, you've had relationships right. with these people forever and this is their first one. But there's also those that, that this is their truly first time. They don't know anyone. Uh, so that kind of goes back to the whole thing you were saying earlier. You know, it's just you can't capture or make everyone happy all the time. You know, I, I didn't mind the downtime as much. I was a little concerned about it. Um, I guess originally the NSX boat was four days, not including the track day. Uh, oh, I, man, I that, can't even imagine. I know that when we were at Columbus and a few around there on Friday nights, mm-hmm. there was always, you know, you're on your own with your meal and we would try to mm-hmm. go to like a local car meet and crash the car meet. Yep. Yeah. But, I remember that. Yeah. Yep. And that was a lot of fun. Of course, if you don't have your car, like I never seem to have mine, um, you know, it's not nearly as fun, but you know, right. this is a good time. Always glad to see you there. Uh, if you ever want to write any write-ups about it, you know, or anything, by all means, it's, it's more than welcome. Um, you know, that was actually my first time back setting foot. And I said this in the opening of this episode, <laughs> but it's my first time setting foot in Georgia outside of the airport since I was like five because I was born wow. in Savannah. And then wow. I lived in Douglasville for like a year before we moved to Texas, you know, okay. and that okay. was it for me. And so it was pretty cool. And the next year in Dallas, it's even more special because that's where I moved. So I, kindergarten uh, through okay. senior year in high school and when i was there in 2019 people were like I, I i drove my nsx from here to texas because anyone who ever knew me especially in my high school years like hey jay did you ever get that car did you ever get that nsx yeah so i know what that mm-hmm. special feeling is like going home with your dream car right and right. next year i'm driving the the type s too because it's like leveled up you know first year as president and we're yeah. going to make even bigger waves. We're, we're going to take something that's good and make it even, you know, make, make great again. You know, I don't want to, this isn't political, right? Yeah. But <laughs> keep hey, as many people happy. You can do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> keep as many people happy while bringing up the rest of the thing, right? So, right. you know, I'm just excited at the opportunity and I'm excited to have people like you out there. You know, we've talked about some stuff before in the past and it takes everyone you know, everyone's got to get involved in order to make it work. So that's what we're going to yeah. be doing. And then the, the, I think also the other thing is when we talk about being involved, I mean, there's such a range of involvement, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think there's a tendency, when, especially when I talk to people who aren't officially part of the NSX Club of America. And, you know, we do these NSXCA linked events like WestFest and, and what have you, where people go, well, I don't really want to get involved. You know, I don't want to like have to sign up for something. It's like, nah, you're not signing up for anything. Just right. sign out. Right, exactly. <laughs> you're not, you're not asking much. You don't have to like pledge yourself in blood or just literally just, just come hang out. We just, we just want to see you. You know, we just want to like, let's, let's do car shit together. Exactly. You know? And, and if, the, if the involvement or the participation, if the above and beyond is as simple as, hey, you know, how about you tell these other people about it? Or, you know, you do you have a connect at this museum or something that we could build into the event, dude? That that goes over such a long way. We're not we're we're not really asking that much more than that, right? For a lot of these things. Yeah, and you know that's always my pitch. I'm like, hey, Fred, you know, bring three of your sharpest friends. They got to be motivated, and I'm gonna show you guys, you know, how you can bring those three, and then they can invite three more after this first meeting. No commitment. I'm gonna hit you guys with the. With the pyramid, you know, right. the pyramid club <laughs> approach. <laughs> You'll get them all eventually. 
Yeah. We'll get them all eventually, man. Um, thanks for taking the time. I know you're busy. And as always, you know, you're welcome to come on anytime. Be thinking about the podcast when you take your long drives across country. I'm sure there's always something interesting in there. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. And yeah, always, always a pleasure to come on and talk NSX with you and everyone else. I want to thank Fred Plan as always. But let's talk about the Hyundai Santa Fe. This was a 2023, I presume, Hyundai Santa Fe. Had like 20,000 miles. One thing that I noticed, though, that I thought was really odd at first that I got used to it. Because there's a thing. When you when you rent a car, it always takes, in my opinion, unless it's a car you're super familiar with, it always takes a day or two to really understand the features, the basic features that you're going to need. Not all the advanced features. I don't even know the advanced features of my NSX or our MDX. I don't know all those features. I just know what I basically need. But it always takes like a day or two to understand the basic features in a vehicle. And so this thing, when you're driving and you turn the signal left or right, on the display, your tachometer or your speedometer or whatever those, you know, the round things. I'm sorry, I'm not that technical. I should know because I'm a car guy, but maybe I'm not. If you turn the signal to the right, the one on the right, you you have your camera. So instead of looking up at your screen in the center console if your car does that you just kind of look down like really quick and at first i thought well maybe that was a maybe it's a it's kind of a safety thing to look down and you're distracted but it doesn't take more than a couple times to where it feels like it's second nature and then looking over at your other you know because you should still look over to the side at your side mirrors but the thought of looking over or even looking to the center seems like more of a distraction than just kind of glancing down. And it is a blind spot. That's what they are. They're blind spot cameras. And they do a great job, which I thought was pretty cool. It's got the lane departure thing, and I couldn't figure out how to disable the lane departure and the steering assist. And so when I was going down the windy roads of northern Georgia, I found the car like wanting to pull me through like I was on some sort of a children's ride like the mini mine train or something at Six Flags, where it would actually kind of pull you through. You just had to kind of guide it a little bit. And so when it was doing that, it wasn't as annoying as when you're just on the regular freeway because I have lane drift a little bit. It's even worse when I'm drinking. But I have lane drift. It's where I kind of bounce in and out left to right within the same lane. But then the wheel keeps jerking me in. And those of you who have that feature on your car know exactly what I'm talking about, know exactly how annoying it is. It's not something I would complain about, but it's something that I definitely noticed also noticed this thing had a really thick rear view mirror and a lot of cars have that and i noticed it not that i usually look around for things but when i checked into the hotel they gave me like a little parking thing that you're supposed to hang on your mirror except i couldn't hang it on my mirror because the parking thing the little opening for it wasn't big enough to fit over the thick ass rear view mirror so then i had to kind of shove it on the dashboard to make sure that the parking tenant knew that i was supposed to or i was eligible to be parked in that parking lot this car had multiple modes, like everything seems to have these days, but when you put it in a sport mode, also like most things seem to have these days, it didn't really do anything. The display changed red. It looked kind of cool, but all it did was make the transmission drag when it was shifting from gears. I know it's not an NSX, but my NSX, you can, if you're, if you're driving with your foot on the gas, just steady, right? You're not accelerating, you're just steady. If you flip through the modes, you can feel it. Like you feel it without even moving your foot on the gas. You can if I go into sport mode from quiet mode, the car just, it just, the RPMs kick up and you hear the valves open on the exhaust and it just pulls you through. And then if you click it back down from sport plus to sport to economy, the car slows down because 
you know, it kind of adjusts the throttle response. When you have these rental cars, you don't really get that. You don't feel anything. It just looks different. And it sounds like your transmission is going to fall out when you try to accelerate and pass someone. Interior on this thing was really nice, though. Better than many other cars. Better than almost all rentals. I'm pretty sure it's not real leather. But most people don't even use real leather. And it doesn't stink like that fake leather that Tesla has. It actually looked good. It was soft. I like to poke around around the dashboard of my finger. It had kind of a soft, so it was padded too. It's really nice. Again, this is a Hyundai Santa Fe. The center console was kind of intuitive, ergonomic. It had buttons. So if you wanted to go reverse, you hit the R button. You want to hit the drive, you hit the D button, park the P button. And like every other car, it's different. It takes a little bit of getting used to, but I found it to be one of the most ergonomic, intuitive center consoles ever. Especially, it was kind of shaped like a Lamborghini. I know not all of you listening have Lamborghinis. I don't have one. But if you look inside, you can see it's kind of angled like a cockpit. Like a really cool spaceship from a video game. And so that's how this Hyundai Santa Fe is. It's like a supercar layout, pretty much. Another observation I had is the CarPlay. It had really good CarPlay. I don't know if you guys have noticed. I've kind of noticed this, but now I'm, now I'm 100% sure. Not all CarPlays are the same. And it's less to do with your phone than it is the software and that version of the radio. So, for instance, the CarPlay on my NSX is pretty basic, pretty ugly. It's one of the things that they say about the car is the, the entertainment interface is garbage. The, our MDX is a lot better. The third-party one that I put into my Infinity is different. This one was cool. The buttons look a little different. The display itself was different, a little more intuitive. I'm convinced that's a Hyundai, whatever, whatever license Hyundai has with Apple. They had the freedom to kind of design that. But I'm convinced that not all CarPlays are the same. So, guys, let me know if you rent cars, if you've noticed that, or if you've driven different cars with CarPlay. A lot of them are like Chrysler. Chrysler uses Uconnect. So Uconnect's going to be the same no matter what car it's in. So if it's got something called Uconnect, it's not going to be different whether you're driving a, a Jeep or a Charger or whatever's underneath that umbrella. Those of you with Toyotas, Toyota doesn't use Uconnect. They use their own thing, but they still have CarPlay. So then you'd notice that the CarPlay in your Toyota is going to be different than the CarPlay in that rental car that you got. So would I rent a Hyundai Santa Fe again? I think I would. Would I buy one? No. It doesn't really look that cool. But man, I would argue that driving that thing, it was more comfortable to me than our 2022 or maybe it's a 23 MDX A-Spec. Like I just can't get comfortable in my wife's MDX. And I have my own key fob, so when I get in the car, it knows it's me and it does all its adjusting. But that Santa Fe, it's to me, it's a more comfortable ride seating-wise than the than our Acura. And that is my rental car review. Guys, thanks for listening. If this is your first time, make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you leave a review. And if this is your 100th time and you haven't left a review, by God's sakes, go and leave a review. If you listen on Apple, you scroll down the bottom, you can leave a review. I guess you can leave a review on Spotify. Pretty much anything you listen to this from, unless it's the website, you can't leave a review. I want to thank Right Honda and Right Toyota, fourwheelonline.com, sales shop wireless services, Patreon business supporter, Kuya Automotive out of Winter Garden, Florida, Pell Construction out of County, Michigan, Beak House, Small Home Design out of Ashburn, Virginia, and Traverse City, Michigan, and Shaping Success with West Tankers League out of Boise, Idaho. Head over to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Park and podcast. Join up. 
think it's gonna be free. I think I said that before, but I'm waiting. There's a there's a trial, but I don't know if I'm eligible to operate yet. Thank you, Mark Stoneman, Catherine Cox, Eddie Ramos, Richard Graves, Byron Jones, Bo Jung, Alice Camina, Andrew Bunkley. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at jfinning. Join the Hard Parking Violations Facebook group. Because this show can't grow without you telling the world how great this show is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. We'll talk to you all next week. Shut up! <laughs> now it's stripping time. Ain't nobody got time for that.